Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Good afternoon. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today we are talking with our special guest, Bob Pakanovsky of BobPakanovsky.com or Bob Dosh dash pack pac.com we're going to be talking today about branding and how to align your personal professional brand so during this hour you're going to discover the five ways to create a memorable lasting impression the one question that answers what your personal brand is or could how the traits of confidence class character and conduct can help your personal and professional brand how to create a strong personal brand online by following a simple three-step approach the new rude what it is when it comes to technology, communication, and your personal brand. Plus, what your personal brand says about you to other generations and how to dine and network, some protocol tips to improve your brand. Our guest today, Bob Pakanovsky, is a speaker and trainer who helps companies improve the just good enough mentality when it comes to customer service and creating impressions that last. And you can learn more about him over at bob.pac.com. Welcome to you, Bob. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. I appreciate the time. Well, it's great to have you, and I'm excited to dive into this because branding is just a constant um, question that we get. How do you, you know, how do you become unforgettable, really? And branding is branding is the key to that. To it is setting setting it up in such a way that people can really remember you a year later, five years later. You're right, and. I think I bring a little bit of, of a different spin on it because I come from my background uh, for over 20 years has been in um, it, more of the event and hospitality industry. I've owned a number of different um, businesses and have created and planned over 7,000 events where I've got to uh, witness personally um, meetings, events, galas, uh, you know, those people making the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly yeah. impressions. Correct. <laughs> uh, that for and and it really ties in their brand to the brand of their company. Hmm. Well, you actually have an acronym, uh, the word last last, that helps us to figure out how to become memorable. So why don't we dive right in there? And what does the letter L stand for? Well, that or uh, that stands for look. And what I mean by that is, you know, how do you look in terms of not only your dress and your appearance, but your body language, you know, um, that our nonverbal cues, Marnie, are four times as powerful as what we say. So, you know, how do you look the part on, you know, dress, you know, are your clothes ironed? Are they well-pressed? Are your shoes polished? I know these are little things, but, you know, first impressions are lasting impressions, and then your body language. So, you know, how you look really says a lot about you, maybe without even really, you know, opening your mouth. So you actually wear, you actually wear a tuxedo a lot. So why, why do you do that? Well, you know, um, part of it, and what I do is I, or a lot of the seminars that I do, I call it on really uh, more of that black tie experience because that uniform was what myself and my team wore for a lot of our events, almost all of our events. Um, and what I realized is I couldn't have my team put on a black tie, tuxedo, outfit, uh, shirt, whatever, and just tell them, go out there and wow people, you know, because they wouldn't have 
the training on how to do so. And so, you know, what I ask people in my seminars is that when you think of a black tie event, you know, what are some of the things that you think about? And I usually get responses like, well, Bob, it must be something that's of class and prestige and importance. And then I ask people, well, you know, how about when you put on that black tux or ladies, you put on that black formal dress, how do you feel? And I get people, oh, Bob, I feel great. I feel more confident. I feel more engaged and empowered. I want to make that impression the last. And so then I ask my audience is these two questions. Well, shouldn't we treat all of our customers and prospects with class importance and also on prestige? And shouldn't we make sure that our employees are trained to be more confident and more empowered and wanting to make that impression that lasts? And if we do that, well, we've then created this black tie experience. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really great it's a really great visual way to remember what we're trying to do is to add in such a way that makes the other person feel uh, really important and special. That's so cool. So L, L is for look, what's A? A is act, you know, and uh, your actions, um, you know, how you act in a meeting, how you act in a dining situation, in a social setting, uh, how you act online. I mean, these are, you know, these are powerful uh, things that people always think about on you and you know sometimes how we act um especially in a social setting if we're in a restaurant or at a gala or at a country club and you know sometimes we might act a little unusual because of you know we want to have a lot of fun but you know keep in mind marnie that more than ever before now um, we have this little thing attached to our hips um that's a smartphone that now can observe almost anything we do and we can be photographed audio taped and videotaped right. without us even knowing it so um be careful how you act today hmm. because your brand can be front and center for sure they can catch you doing things right and they can catch you doing things wrong <laughs> so, exactly and and, and, and you know you're right camera right you know because and and at times people you know, people, you know, we see, uh, you know, some of our our movie stars and our celebrities and, boy, you know, they were acting rudely. But look, they've, you know, they've been able to recover well. Yeah, they're a little different. And, you know, companies are looking for people who, you know, represent their image and brand. And how you act really says a lot about you. Hmm. Let's move along to S then. S is for speak. And I and and it's more than verbal, although verbal is extremely important because, you know, what type of language do we use? Is it poor? Or is it offensive? Um, and and I know people say, well, Bob, that doesn't happen. Well, I beg to differ to you because I think it does happen probably more than we want. So, you know, how do we speak verbally? Are we able to really get our point across in a very succinct manner as well? Or do we use slang and buzzwords a lot? Those are all things that are part of speak. But here's but there's two other things that are, that are part of Speak, Marnie, that sometimes people don't really realize. Is one is your written communication. You know, our email. You know, we're so proud of our signature that we put on our email that has our name and our phone number and our cell phone and our Facebook and our Twitter and our LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden we have some typos and poor sentence structure and grammar errors. And how are we speaking with our brand? And then of course online. And why uh, we could spend a whole show on how we speak online, but. People really pay attention to what you say on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. Well, I think especially so uh, when you're a public person, 
they're looking for congruity and they're looking for what it, what can I count on this person to be doing, saying, being. And if it's incongruent, if what you're saying in your trainings or whatever doesn't match up with what you're saying on your social media, there's just no congruence there. The person can't really comprehend who you really are. Well, you know what? You're right, 100%. And you know, that would be like if I showed up in this black tux for events and then all of a sudden, you know, online I'm, I'm, I'm posting all these silly things that I'm doing and and it really doesn't look at my brand. And, you know, and, and I tell people in my talks that, you know, I'm, trust me, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV. But I believe <laughs> that if you on your personal Facebook page write in the about section that you work for, whatever company you work for, well, I would be very, very cautious on what you post, what you like, what you share, because it could tie the brand of your company to what you're saying. And I've seen plenty of people, unfortunately, get fired over things they're posting online on on their personal social media pages because it's now bringing bad press to their employer. Yeah, I, I think we have, we've moved yeah, we've moved past the stage where we would say that your personal life is separate. Um it's just all out there and it's all interconnected. When I do a search for someone online, Google feeds me your Facebook page and your you know, I yes. mean they don't just limit it to your website or your LinkedIn. They're going to feed me everything and I that's what I'm going to look at. So you just have to well, you're right, and, and that's what people do now for you know, or for all the job searches. I can't tell you how many people. The first thing they do is they look at social media, and if there's 30 applicants, and boy, they could weed out 10 or 15 right away, and they could have all the great technical knowledge, all those hard skills, but there's something lacking in those soft skills. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're defining right now the word last as part of the five ways to create a memorable lasting impression. So let's go ahead to the letter T. Yeah, T is for your tact, T-A-C-T. It's or how you behave, you know. Um, and, and I think it's different than actions in, like, although they're closely tied in, uh, you know, I mean, I, I understand that. But, you know, like, for example, there was a study done about where they interviewed people in the workforce and about 80% of 1,000 people that were interviewed um, had actually um, had seen childlike behavior in the workplace, you know. So, you know, how do you behave? You know, I mean, we have clicks, we have whining, we have gossiping. I mean, you know, and we're not back in high school, folks. Um, and so, you know, or and so just what is your tact? You know, what are you going to say? How are you going to say it? How are you going to behave in the office Everybody's watching you. Everybody's observing you. You may not think so, but trust me when I tell you this, that, that your bosses, your supervisors, they're observing your behavior. And so, you know, and so what is your tact? You know, how do you carry yourself? Um, you know, I mean, or, or, or there's one thing to speak your mind. There's another to just, you know, I take it and, you know, let's try to find a solution rather than just blurting out the first thing and, and, and really offending people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have look, act, speak, and tact. And what is our final S? Well, the last is serve, service. Mm. And here's the key to this whole acronym, Marnie, is I think we have to make sure that the first four are in place before we serve. You know, we, you know all of us, we have 
you know, it, it, it's so easy for us as companies. We have the best customer service. We have customer service this. We have customer service that. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe that unless those first four are well in tune, I don't think it matters what your service. I mean, you could, I mean, or you could be a person that within an hour returns an email, or you know, and, and well, gosh, I can just you know um, send somebody you know, uh, or um, something quickly or that you meet somebody. But if you meet them and if you are rude and if you're angry and if you don't speak the right way and if your body language is saying that I don't care really what your problem is, I'm going to solve it, but I don't really care what your problem is. Well, then I think we have some type of challenge. So, you know, service is, 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 is that last part of it. And for service, I talk a lot about the customer experience you know how do we make the customer feel from the opening phone call or email contact to the very end and then on beyond I mean once they have um, you know, secured your services great well what else are you going to do after that to really create this service experience for them and how well can we train our people to really serve our customers prospects and coworkers very well I love that. I always say, if you could just if you could just put yourself in the other person's and look at it from their perspective, that would just solve a lot of problems right there. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Bob Pakanowski of bob-pac.com, bob-pac.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the one question that answers what your personal brand is or can be, and how the traits of confidence, class, character, and conduct can help your personal and professional brands. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range. Speaker profiles include their bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. Connect directly with any speakers you like by phone, social media, or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connecting place for hundreds of speakers and thousands of event planners since 2002. It's all fast, fun, and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're visiting today with Bob Pakanowski of bob-pak.com. We're going to talk next about the one question that answers what your personal brand is or can be. Okay, Bob, so that is a pretty tall order, one question. <laughs> I know. It is. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's the end-all question, but, you know, I, I, I ask this question a lot in my seminars, and it simply is this question. Um, what do people think of when they think of me? So what I ask all of my attendees is to ask that question of someone that's very close to you. Now, I don't mean a spouse or someone you're dating because, Marnie, they're going to tell you all the lovely stuff about you, and I don't know if that's going to help you. But you know, ask a, a, a mentor or a coach or a, or, a, or a supervisor and ask them, I'm curious, um, what do people think of when they think of me? Because if you hear words like, oh, you know what? Um, you know, Marnie, boy, you know, you have high character. Boy, you're just focused on details. You are, you're, or you're full of class. Uh, boy, you carry yourself so well. Well, I believe that's, you know, I mean, that's what your personal brand is, or at least the start of it. Versus if, if you hear those words like, oh, boy, I wish you could be on time better. 
boy, you know, you turn in things late. Uh, you know, boy, you don't represent us well. Well, guess what? That could be what people are thinking about you when they think of you. And see, Marty, here's the key to this. And this is why, you know, I don't like to use the word etiquette sometimes when I speak, but that's sometimes what I talk about because people think of etiquette as this tea with the queen type thing. But, um, you know, poor, poor soft skills, poor manners, poor behaviors puts doubt in the minds of people. And I think once doubt enters, I, I think it's difficult to overcome that. So if people are, are thinking of you as a person of high character, of class, of, of focused, of just a great representation, well, then, then I, I, or I think they have a positive or more of a positive impression about you. I mean, does that make sense? It does. And it kind of goes right into the next thing we're going to talk about here, which is how those traits, the confidence, the class, the character, conduct, help the personal and professional brands. Because I think a lot of people don't take those things into consideration when talking about branding. So you start like that's the of it. Well, I, I well I do, and here's how I have a metaphor for this, uh, Marnie, is I or I call this the four C's. Now I you know, and when I speak, I flash this this or this diamond on the screen, and I ask my audience, and it's usually ladies, um, you know, ladies know what the four C's are of a diamond, you know. And they always say it, and, and there are guys too, which, which are good, because guys need to know this, what the four C's of a diamond are. But here's the key to those four C's, is that the more those four C's are in a diamond, the more valuable the diamond is, okay? So it's the same with us. We have these four traits that make us more valuable to our company and our personal brand as well as the brand of our company, and that's confidence, class, character, and conduct. So, you know, how confident are you? I mean, we all know people, Marnie, that, that just exude confidence when they walk into a room. Now, confidence is different than arrogance. We ought to be careful about that because we never like to be around arrogant people, but we love to be around confident people. So you know, what can you do to be more confident? Well, one thing is to have knowledge because I think knowledge equals confidence. Um, so I try to put that into a metaphor to say, okay, these and, – and, 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 and also let me tell you that these four traits, we all have these traits, but like a diamond, sometimes you know, that diamond gets tarnished and we've got to polish it. Well, that's the same with these traits. Sometimes we have to polish these traits so that we can become more valuable to our company and to our clients. So if we were to back up and say, okay, we're talking today about branding – and the one question that you ask is, what do people think of when they think of me? And now we're talking about character. So let's say that people, that the answer that you got to the question people say when they think about me was not what you were hoping for, was not the brand that you were going for. Um, you know, so what you're saying is that if you focus on these four C's, you can kind of turn turn a person's, turn a person's perspective of what you're doing by focusing on these. Is that kind of where you're going with it? Yes, I mean, and 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 I think that if you get that negative answer, you know, I think that's also time for you to 
A, not only take a look in the mirror, but B, really try to work with someone on how you can improve your confidence, your class, or whatever it is. So, you know, I mean, and now, and I mean, character is probably the one uh, trait. I don't know, uh, you know, I mean, character. I, I tell people all the time that there are two character traits that'll make you almost un, unemployable in the workforce today. And one is that you're uh, one is that you're immoral, and two is that you're un, unethical. Um, you know, so how do you change that? Well. Boy, I think that's a really deep inside look into you and, and uh, you know, figure out, okay, how can I change this? Um, but even like with conduct, I think it, it really reflects your brand. So if you're that person at a networking event or at a dinner who is, you know, loves to, you know, really um, act in a in a way that doesn't reflect the brand of your company. Maybe you, maybe your table manners or your social manners aren't great, or maybe unfortunately you just have a little too much to drink. Well, I think your personal code of conduct really is a direct reflection of your brand. So that people see you acting as a fool and guess what they think of? You know, when people think of you, going back to that question, well, they, well he's the guy that has his tie wrapped around his head and was dancing on the tables or was talking <laughs> badly about the competition, well, that's your conduct, you know? So I think, you know, those can tie in to that question of, you know, what do people think of when they think of me? Or, or, or um, you know, what type of class do you have? We, I mean, you know, we all know people right now as one that, are, that have great class and people that have poor class. And what do you think of when you think of someone that has poor class? Well, those are those going to be those images that are going to be in, in your mind, in the back of your mind, so that when you see that person again, boy, there's something about that person. I can't, oh, now I see why I'm not really wanting to do business with them. Because, Marty, you know, we, you know, we talk about the, all of this all the time, that if you know, we do business with people we what? Like, trust, respect. No, and trust, right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. – so what, let's go back to confidence because that was your first one. And you were talking about how confidence, um, it, it's, it's having the knowledge and knowing that you've got it. And I love when I'm talking to people about speaking. So, you know, speaking is supposedly the number one fear uh, people have right. even over death, which is funny. But um, most people really, really do get scared about speaking. And I always say to a new speaker, I say, if you know your content, if you know your subject matter very well, that will alleviate most of your fear, literally. I mean, most of the people who speak in front of, of other people are afraid because they're afraid that they don't know enough about this topic to really be the person speaking on it. But if you really have a topic that you know well, it takes away a lot of that fear because, you know, you really are the expert in that field. And then if you don't know the answer, you have enough confidence to say, well, I don't know the answer to the question. I can get back to you on that. But uh, because you know most of the answers. And it really does Correct. eliminate the fear. With the branding, if you're going for a brand that you aren't confident in, that you don't have the knowledge in or whatever, that's probably not the right direction to go. <laughs> you need to find where you can have the confidence. That's a critical factor. Well, you're right. And, and I think some people sometimes uh, think that, um, you know, you know, and and that's why I talked about being arrogant. Sometimes we have these you know, people that think that they know it all, where where they really don't, and so now they come across 
completely different than being confident. They're cocky. They're arrogant. And people get taken aback by that. Like, whoa, whoa, hold, hold on. I, you know, who do you think you are? Um, so it's a fine line between being confident and being arrogant. But it, or, but you're right. It, you know, that, or that when you have knowledge, you are more confident. You just carry yourself better. Your, you know, I mean, your shoulders are back. And you are. You know, or or just you're speaking differently because you have a much more powerful voice. I mean, it's uh, again, it's not arrogance, but it's a very, or it's a voice full of confidence, and people see that as your brand. Like, wow, boy, he or she really knows what they're talking about. I want to find out more about them or more about their product or service. You know, or or from my perspective, it's like. Who comes instantly to mind when you think about blank? Because you have people in your life right. where when you don't know how to fix your TV remote, you know who to call because John or whoever is the guy. You know, he just knows right. about that. You know, and I think that that's for our brand. That's what we should be. When somebody wonders about blank and that's your area of expertise, you should be the person that comes to mind. And that kind of goes into the next one, which was class then. And you talked about this early in the first segment about how, you know, the class comes when you make sure that the person you're working with has an experience that makes feel like they're in that very dressed up state in that, in that condition of feeling very wonderful about themselves and excited about what's going to happen next. Well, yes, you're right. And that's why, you know, classes is so important. Cause I think confidence leads right into class and, and, you know, you know how you know how do we treat everyone you know with importance with prestige no matter who they are because you know you and I both know this you never know who's going to be able to help you i mean that person that you look you know think about like oh there's no way they can help me could turn out to be a someone who can um give your name to their best friend who turns out booking you for whatever or or you know so so class is is or is so important. How are we treating people? Are we treating everybody the same way? Uh, you know, I mean, we shouldn't have two different sets of manners or two different social codes mm-hmm. when it comes to treating person X or treating treating people or person Y because you never know. And and yet we see people all the time that just kind of push away some people like you know what they can't help me. How do you know that? So if you treat well, people, and that one kind of know. leads into the character <laughs> a little bit, it does. you know, if you're if the only thing if the only thing you're in it for is who can who can help me, I mean we all right. maybe know people like that that you feel like the only thing they ever get a hold of you for is right. they can when they can help you, you know, I mean right. or when you can help them rather, you know, that's right. when they right. reach out to you and there's not really the basis of a friendship or a relationship there beyond, yeah, they just call every time they need something, you know, and that's more like a relationship that should happen with your hairdresser or something, not with someone who's a vital part of your life. Um, So I I feel like the character, the character piece here, character might be the hardest one to change. I think the character, you know, is, is very deep, the, you know, confidence and class you can develop on the external is a very internal um, thing that if if the if there's some serious character flaws, you're gonna have to really work on that and probably get coaching and some help with. It. Well, you're right, and and how we talk about character is, and I know there's a quote from Abe Lincoln, I think that said, you know, character, 
are your roots of the tree, and I think that your reputation are the leaves or the shadow. So, you know, I mean, you're right, Marty. Character is what's inside of you. Those are those roots. So those are what you've been grounded with, however, growing up, whatever. Um, But here's the thing that I don't think some people realize is, especially if you lead people, and all of us lead people, but if you're a supervisor, manager, boss, whatever it is, you know, you're being observed all the time. You're being observed on those littlest things. So what is your character um, as a leader or a boss? Because, because your people are going to follow uh, what you do or what you say. So if you cut corners, you know, which I think is a character issue, or if you're that unethical, well, you know, look, you know, I mean, your people might look and say, well, it, it, gosh, if he or she's doing it, I guess it's okay. So you're right. I think if there's high character issues, that's where that coach, that or that mentor has to come in, and you really have to take all, all or like a look from the inside out to say, okay, you know, you know, or what do I have to focus on to really change my character? And it and it really is possible. I mean, you really can. I like I, I like the definition of character. That says your character is who you are when no one's looking. You know, kind of like yes. who you that's are right. when you let your hair down. You know, and then that kind of comes into our last season's conduct. Now, conduct can actually be incongruent with your character. You can put on a front, and when you're out in public, you can catch yourself differently depending on who you're with. And you know, that's where the congruence comes. Though, and when you're branding, if you really want your brand to to reflect who you really are, then you're going to have to have your conduct and your character and your class and your confidence all be congruent. Well, you're right. And you know what? I, I should tell you that that there's actually a fifth C, Marnie, um, and that is consistent. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Can, and can I, you make your I, conduct consistent? You know, consistency, I have to tell you, when, when we first had kids and as parents, as new young parents and we would hear this word you know the most important thing you can do as a parent is be consistent so your children know what to expect be consistent and that word drove me crazy Bob because I couldn't figure out how to do it perfectly (laughs) I couldn't figure out how to every single time be consistent but then I heard a different definition for that and it is so what would people guess that you would do in that situation if you've been consistent Mm -hmm. they'll guess what you would probably do in that situation. So you don't have to like do it exactly the same every time. There are obviously situations you should do it differently. But if you're being consistent, people would have a pretty good guess of how you would respond. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It really does. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Marnie Sweber. We're visiting today with Bob Pakanofsky of bob-packpac.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to create a strong personal brand online by following Bob's three-step uh, approach, and also talk about the nude, what it is, what it isn't, and what you should do to avoid being it. We'll come right back. Let's talk about boot camps, webinars, expos, group coaching, and stuff like that. I love investing into your life at every opportunity, so I host group coaching programs plus frequent expos, webinars, and boot camps. For example, visit www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's one of the sites that's under the umbrella of Marnie.com. Over there, you're going to find 80 individual 15-minute interview MP3s with authors of women's Bible study books. 
So the next time you're choosing a Bible study book for yourself or your group, visit BibleStudyExpo.com and actually meet the authors and hear why they wrote that book. It's available anytime you have time over at BibleStudyExpo.com. Another thing you'll find at Marty.com are the MP3s, PDFs, and PowerPoints of all previous boot camps, so you can tap into that training in your spare moment. No need to show up on a particular day because everything's available to you anytime you have time. And be sure to take advantage of the monthly group coaching programs. I personally have paid $600 for group coaching like this, but I offer it free as part of the mentorship program or a la carte for just $99 a month. My heart is to help you succeed at reaching your God-given goals as soon as possible. So join us each month for 21-day group coaching. All of this and more is available to you at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are talking today about how to align your personal and professional brand. It's one of those topics that we get a lot of questions about here. Because it's so important, and like we said earlier, Bob was mentioning that should be, what do people think about when they think about you? And that is your brand. Yep. I love that. Makes it really simple. Thank you, Bob, for that. It does. Simple one question clarification. And what's beautiful about that is, like you said, if you get if you get feedback that isn't what you wanted, you can. That's so awesome. So we're going to talk next about creating that personal strong brand um, online with a three approach, which sounds awesome. Well, thank you. And if you thought that the question was simple, Marnie, wait till you hear this because I got to be, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. This is even simpler because believe it or not, (laughs) right. Well, but think about this, you know, online presence right now is so powerful uh, for us um, because you know, it's. I mean, it's 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 just taken hold of every, of everything we do, and you know, to have our brand, our personal brand online, to tie in with the brand of our organization or our company is so huge. So, here's my three-step approach, and like I said, it's really simple. And 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 I guess I apologize ahead of time if you chuckle with it, but think about this: we actually learned this approach probably when we were four years old in preschool at Safety Town. So here it is. So you stop, look, and listen. And here's what I mean. You stop before you send that email in anger, in frustration. Stop before you reply on a Facebook post or a, or, or a tweet because somebody has just said something. Stop. Don't do it. Let it sit. You know, or think about this, Marnie, you know, email, as much as we all love email, email is rather impersonal. We don't know what that person is thinking. So, or, or, so sometimes I ask one of my people, hey, you know, can you just read this real quick? Because I want to send this to my prospect or my client, but, you know, or, or I'm curious, what do you think about it? So stop. Don't, you know, and, and don't just send it right away. Don't send it on impulse. Please don't send it in frustration because I love the ones that, that you know, or I, I get those emails and then two seconds later, please disregard this email. Please delete it. Oh, this is what you wanted me to do. You are, or, or now since I haven't looked at it, I'm going to look at it right now. And I know I'm mistakes curious. happen all the time, you know, so please stop. Then the look. Please look for typos, grammatical errors, punctuation, sentence structure. Oh, 
you know, that's frustrating for people when we have our brand. Remember, Marnie, our brand, our personal brand and our professional brand is on that signature, on that email. And all of a sudden, it's, it has got typos and punctuation or sentence structure. And you're thinking, should I really, I mean, how detailed is this person? Should I do business with this person? I can't, you know, so please look. And, you know, Facebook doesn't have spell check, and it frustrates me to no end. <laughs> because I look every word. Okay, is that exactly what I said? Hmm. And then listen. You know, read it. You know, as I said earlier, you know, or, you know, or, or read it before you send it so that it's exactly what, you know, your brand is out there. Once you hit it, you know, or once you hit send, once you hit tweet, once you hit post or publish, well, your brand's out there. And it's very powerful. And when you share things, be careful of what you share. I said that earlier, but, you know, are all these employers are looking now. And if you have questionable content on your site, boy, is that in the best image and brand of the company you want to work for? Hmm. Makes sense? Yeah, totally. yeah, it does. It does for sure. For the number one, you know, I just, I like the, um, there is, I think it was Lincoln again, I think, was the one who would keep it overnight. He would never respond the same day. He would write the response yeah. and then he'd keep it overnight, read it the next day. That's such a yeah. good, especially if there's something that has agitated you in any way to not oh. respond immediately is such a good idea. Just pause a little bit. And then for the number so, two, for the oh, go ahead. You had a thought there. No, no, no. You know, as yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's so yeah. You know, just think about when you're four years old. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> just pause a minute. So the the second one. Look, um, there's a great app. In fact, my sister was just wing and eyeing about it the other day. It's really cool. It's called Hemingway App dot com and Hemingway H E M M G Way W A Y App A P P dot com Hemingway App dot com and you just copy and paste your stuff right in there and it's going to catch all your typos and tell you if your sentences are too long or it's going to catch everything there it's really simple and it's free and it's an app so check that out Hemingway App dot com I know all the help we can get right and then number three listen and I think the I think the listen to is um. If you're responding to a comment or an email that sounded um, inflammatory to you or something, just remember that they might have not seen it that way either because you right. cannot, you know, we talk about 80% of communication or more is nonverbal. And so when yes. we're sending words across, you cannot see the inflection, the facial, the body language. You don't get any of that. All you get is just, words and so you have to be really careful especially if you're going to respond to that in uh like self-defense or something i agree right thank you hmm. okay well let's talk about the new rude oh boy i'm a little nervous to go here <laughs> well you know this was i actually uh, got this when i was speaking about a year and a half ago or so i had one of my attendees come up to me afterwards like bob you have to check this out and what this is, is that Pitney Bowes, actually, this is probably two or three years ago, um, actually did a, a study where they interviewed people, uh, business people, in five different countries. Huh. On, and they asked them what their pet peeves were when it came to our technology today and how we speak with people, you know, all those open different lines of, 
email and social media and all those things. So they asked them what their biggest pet peeves were. And Marnie, I'm going to give you three. I'm going to see, I'm going to ask you if you can pick which one was the biggest pet peeve, okay? So here are, <laughs> okay. or, or here okay. are three. One of them is to be on your smartphone checking email or texting during a meeting, okay? okay. The second one is, or, uh, or is not making eye contact when you shake hands. And the third one is checking your email or something on your phone during a business lunch or, or dinner. So out of the three, out, and and or and or and what they did is is or is or is that they interviewed 100 people in each of these five countries and asked them. So out of that, what do you think was the number one pet peeve from those three? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it's number three. However, I know that all of them really bother people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. And you would think number three, uh, you know, checking your email, your smartphone during a lunch. But believe it or not, the number one at 55% was not making eye contact when shaking hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And think about it. When, when you walk down the street, what do you see? You don't see people looking up. You see people constantly looking at their phones. And in a restaurant, we're looking at our phones. And in a meeting, we're looking at our phones. So guess what we do when we meet somebody? <laughs> we don't look at them. You know? and, and, and so that was at, at or, or, or that was number one, 55%. 40, at, at number two, 48% right behind it was on your phone during a meeting, checking your – or sending a text, sending an email – that's, I, you know, Marnie, in my seminars, I can tell you, people tell me that's a huge frustration. They are getting tired of people constantly being on their phones and really, or, and really slowing down the overall meeting production because, sure. because people have to repeat things, so forth. Now I get it. On your smartphone now are all these apps where you take notes. And I understand you're on your phone, but it, please do us the courtesy of asking permission in the meeting. Hey, folks, do you mind... I'm going to be on my phone. I'm going to be on my tablet. I'm going to be taking notes. That's how I best take notes. We get that. But at least you've asked permission. You've asked because it's more of a respect thing. But just to be on your phone all the time, like, huh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And the number three at 46% was the, um, you know, checking your smartphone during a business lunch. And we all see it. I tell people we're all consumers. You go out to eat. You see two people at a table. They're not talking with each other. They're talking to the four inches on their screen in front of them. And now we wonder why people don't converse in a social setting with people because we don't. So I thought that was interesting. And so these are real numbers of people saying, you know what, these are pet peeves. These are, you know, these are things that are really starting to frustrate us about our technology today as much as I love it. Mm-hmm. When I train people in at our store in our restaurant, I always work with them on the eye contact thing because honestly, it is something that's lacking in our culture. It's getting worse. And what I teach them is that it only takes literally two seconds. In fact, you don't. I do a I do a thing with them where I make them look in my eyes for eight minutes because the statistic <laughs> is that if you actually look in someone else's eyes for eight sec- seconds, if it's the person of the opposite sex, you've actually in- you're really interested in them. <laughs> so that's like no, I like that. <laughs> right? Right? I like that. So by the time yeah, you get right. five, six, seven seconds, you're getting a little uncomfortable with the average right. person. Oh, you're right. 
directly into their eyes. So it really takes two seconds. You just look at them, smile, and then you can take your eyes off of their eyes and move on with the conversation. It doesn't take very long at all, but it's so lacking. And when you are willing to do it, it really does set you apart from uh, most other people who aren't comfortable doing that. Well, and real quick to add on that, I mean, you know, what I teach also, and this isn't my role, this is in the hospitality industry, is what's called the 10-5 rule, um, where at 10 feet, you're, or you're supposed to acknowledge someone, look up at them, acknowledge them, even if you're busy with someone else, and at five feet away from you, you're supposed to greet them. And it's making that eye contact of, of really connecting, say, hi, how can I help you? And yet, you know, we don't do it. And we wonder why, um, you know, we can't get people to to really uh, or to really just, you know, say hello to us. Well, because they'd rather say hello to their phone. <laughs> right. Just give them a give them some eye contact and a smile. It'll change things. Okay, this is Marty. We're talking today, with Bob Pakanowski of Bob-PackPAC.com. We're going to come right back and talk about what your personal brand says about you to other generations. A dining and networking protocol can improve your brand if you follow these tips. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Did you know that the recordings of all of these podcasts are now available to you free of charge at Marnie.com? You can listen via Stitcher, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio, or download the MP3 for easy listening anytime you have time. Every training module is 60 minutes long features a guest expert, and focuses on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular fields of interest. Whether you're looking for help with author training, speaker training, to how to be a media guest, how to be a better manager, maybe you want to be a women's ministry leader, or you already are, or possibly you want to learn more about event planning. Bonus sections even address how to succeed in leadership, marriage, parenting, health, and more. So pick your area of interest and get going today. It's instantly accessible to you anytime you have time over at Marnie.com. Hi, welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're visiting today with Bob Pakanowski on the topic of how to align your personal and professional brand. Bob, thank you for being here. This is great. Sure. Okay, we're going to talk next about what your personal brand says about you to other generations. And we've had a couple trainings about the Gen Xers and all that on this show. And there are some different uh, wavelengths going on here. <laughs> so, uh, talk to us Boy, that's an understatement. Cross <laughs> well, you know, and 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 you know, and it's becoming more challenging because now, you know, we're you know. Uh, in some industries, we have five. We have five different of our generations in the workforce together, and you talk about um, differences. Wow! I mean, we have people that are still working in uh, that are in their 70s, and people that are just starting to work in in you know 19, 20, 21, and of course we have high school kids working part-time jobs and so forth. And boy, boy, we have different ways of 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 how we reach out to people. And, and, you know, some of what I've talked about today really goes back. I mean, you know, I, I, I tell people of the younger generation, uh, well, 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 first let me say this, is I think in, or that in any generation that you are in, that if you're working with another generation, I think there are a couple things that we all have to keep in mind. And that one is we have to be able to change and to uh, adapt to, on who we're speaking with. So that if you 
are from Generation X and you're speaking uh, or working with a baby boomer, more than likely, not always, but more than likely, they're going to want a phone call. You know, baby boomers are very, you know, touch feel. It, it's all about building that that personal business relationship, whatever it is. They want to hear you versus, you know, that Gen X is may, might, not always, but <clears throat> some of them might just want to text you something. Well, that's going to really potentially set that that or that or that baby boomer off. So if you're working with them and, and vice versa, if you're a baby boomer and you have to work with a Gen X, try to change and adapt and meet them. And I think that if we take that stance, we're going to be better off. But I tell people of those younger generations all the time, boy, if you want to make a baby boomer or that person from the greatest, um, you know, or from the more of the uh, World War II um, you know, generation, really upset is send them something that's got poor punctuation, poor grammar, poor spelling. <laughs> boy, is not going to make it. And, and I understand because that's how – they were taught of that was extremely important that things are answered in sentences it's you know there's no abbreviations there's no slang and you know we have to and 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 here's the other thing too you know I mean too Barney that I should say we can't always generalize well you know everybody from ages 22 to 25 are like this or everybody from ages 60 to no they're not so you have to be able to learn about them change and adapt yeah, I think that the I think that the generalizations are really good though, really accurate because I, you know, I am I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers, but I tell you what, I really struggle with texting still, and yet I find that my employees who are younger and um, the people I know who are younger, they really love to text and they really don't like to talk on the phone. They really don't, and so uh, you do just have to make it work. And I ask permission a lot. I ask permission if we can do email because that allows me to type faster a whole message for right. them. And most of them have email on their phone. So that's kind of the, um, what would you call the uh, compromise that I've been able to come up with because right. I right. can't text enough. I can't text fast enough to get them the whole message that I want to give them. And so they've allowed <laughs> me to do that. But I think that that's kind of the key there is to find a compromise or to find the way that can work for you and to not expect them to come all the way. Right. Correct. Well, and I think also what you know, what I think also ties in to our brand with working with our other um, age groups is what I talked about right at the very beginning is making that impression that lasts. So, you know, how do you look? How do you act? How do you speak to other generations? Because they're going to make subconscious impressions of you based on these. So. You know, right now, you know, like I know one of the big challenges in the workforce today um, is our dress code. You know, we're seeing a lot of that. We have, you know, we have people from our younger generation that says, you know, dress code's not that important, Bob. Um, versus we have people that are older that says, you know what, dress code is important. I want you to look a certain way when you go out and represent our company, our brand. Well, here's what I tell people is whoever the landlord is in that situation. So if a baby boomer <laughs> right. is the landlord, you know what, folks, I don't care what generation you are, you have to follow the landlord. 
I'm sorry. You have to because they have a brand. They have an image that they want to uphold. And whether you agree with it or not, in a different generation, they're still the landlord. When you become the landlord, you can do whatever you want. I really love that. And I like, I, I always um, talk to speakers, especially when you go into a different situation where you don't know. That's a question to ask. How do they dress? You know, what's the dress code? What's the expectation right. here? And even beyond that, um, I ask questions about, you know, what just find for me your audience and, and a, like they might say a Starbucks audience or they might, you know, they have right. kids that they already know in their head, they know who their audience is. And so if you just yeah. get in on that, then you can bring your brand to them in the language they speak instead of, you know, speaking, ideally when they're speaking English, at least you're on the same. On the same. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, Marnie, I mean, I can tell you this too, that, that now that I've started this black tie thing, when I speak. But what I do is I will also ask my clients, okay, listen, here's what I'm going to show up in. Is that okay? And, and you know, I, I've had a couple of clients say, you know, Bob, thanks, but this is a more casual yeah. audience. <laughs> do you mind not showing up in the right turn of course off? Not. Right. right, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. sure. No, right. no, no. I, you know, I, I mean, I'll still talk about it, but I don't want to intimidate anybody based on my dress. But, you know, so it's, so, you know, but I mean, you're right. You know, we have to ask those questions of all the different generations and then be able to work with each other. The last thing we want to do is just say, no, forget it, and then butt heads. It, right. it doesn't work. Yeah. This is me leave it and if you go if you go at it with that approach they can oftentimes just leave it then. <laughs> so, let's talk about the dining and the dining and networking protocol to improve our brand. Well, you know, I, and, and it pains me to say this, Marty, being I have 21 years as an entrepreneur in the hospitality industry, a lot of it, uh, I own restaurants, uh, uh, companies, and I'll tell you, uh, it pains me to say this, too, is, is that when you're in a dining situation for a business setting, um, food really becomes a secondary vehicle. I mean, that's why you're there, but really what primary is – it's, it, I, I think it's really a test of your social skills. Um, how are you in a non-threatening situation, where, whether meeting with friends, clients, prospects, vendors? How do you look? How do you act? How do you speak? All those things are, are so very important. So, you know, think about your aunt or your grandmother when you were a young child and you know, what are your table manners you know all those things that, that you can hear them now saying sit up straight arms off the table <laughs> don't chew with your mouth open you know all you know all those things don't slurp i mean yeah yeah you know those are silly things i to a certain degree but all those little things add up on how you dine because here's the question i pose in a lot of seminars uh, Marnie. All, all of us know how to eat but do we know how to dine? Because dining over a business, you know, with a business event is still one of the most popular ways to get business done. Whether it's at a networking event, at a gala, at a golf course, in a restaurant, wherever it is. And yet, sometimes we act as behemoths <laughs> and, oh, that's okay. They, you know, that's just me. Well, no. I mean, you know, how do you treat the wait staff? At a restaurant, do you treat them 
with courtesy and respect, or do you treat them rudely, as as if they're their own, as if they're your own personal servant? Because people notice these things, um, and or even with networking, all of us go to networking events, morning, and and I believe all of us go to networking events. Not all of us, but a lot of us go with, with the wrong mindset of I need to pick up business cards, I need to pick up contacts. No one wants that. No one wants to be sold. What I tell people. Because I've again I've seen it at all these network events. We you know we catered hundreds, of, if if not thousands of networking events, and those people that build value for other people at these events really come out ahead. And here's what I mean by that: is that rather than going right to the food table, right to the drink table, having a food plate in one hand and a drink plate in the other. And by the way, how are you going to shake hands and exchange business cards if you have two hands full of food and drink? That's another question, but versus finding out more about the, that person, find out some of those things that they like or, or dislike, and then be able to build value for yourself and your company by following up with them and saying, hey, you know, Marnie, I heard you talking about that you're trying to save for college for your children. I just found this article in the Wall Street Journal about that. Doesn't that build value for you and your company? Versus just saying, here's my card, and then they start following up here all the time. And, and now and they become more of a harassment to you. But all of us have to gather business cards at every networking event. It doesn't work. Um, and please stay away from your smartphones. <sighs> I can't tell you, people having personal one-on-one -on -one conversations at these networking events or, or – at a dining table, and all of a sudden that phone goes off, and without hesitation, we pick it up. And the look on the other person's face is priceless because they're thinking, You've got to be kidding me. You are taking this call when you're actually having a personal conversation with me right now. Thank you very much. Now, they never say that, but I can see it in their eyes. Right. So it's just a little, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and we do these, these, uh, these course by course. Dining networking seminars, where where what's really funny is is sometimes we have some people from the company uh, be actors and actresses on doing those things that you normally see in a dining mm -hmm. situation, answering oh, your goodness. cell phone, texting, um, chewing with your mouth open, and I just did one and I had this um, young emerging leader say to the whole group, they said, you know what, I didn't know what to do. I saw all the bad behavior. I didn't know what to say, and I stopped the program. and said, ladies and gentlemen, that's it in a nutshell. That's what we do. We don't know what to say, so we're going to keep it in the back of our mind and always remember what an impression those people gave of us or, or to us. Excuse me. Wow. Wow, that's amazing, and that's so true. Well, this hour has flown by. Bob, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you just great great stuff here and you guys you want to go check out bob's website is bob pac.com bob-pack.com it's been great to be here with you today and i hope thank that you. you'll check in with us again next time you guys and thanks for joining us if you're listening live i'd love to have you here if you're listening to an archive program thank you for that and to those of you who are listening on the syndicate station thank you for that always fun to be with you and uh, we'll see you again next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye.